All right, welcome into this episode of Farzcast. Farzim Sugin here with you. You guys are probably listening to this on Apple Podcasts, on my YouTube page, Spotify, Google, wherever uh, you can listen to a podcast. That is where you are listening to Farzcast. Uh, I'm also live on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash Farzim uh, I've been doing this more recently. Like I said, and it's actually gone better than I thought. Um, a lot of you guys have uh, joined in. Um, some Sometimes there's more interactions uh, than others, but uh, I think we're going to continue to do more and more of the uh, live uh, podcast on my Facebook page. So going to definitely continue with that. Uh, hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, didn't do a podcast last week, and my God, man, speaking of last week, it was freezing, and now this week it, the weather is a lot warmer here. But uh, this guy, my guest right here, he is in sunny Florida, so he is not dealing with any of that damn cold uh he is max shepman he is a photographer for cbs 12 in west palm beach florida uh really excited to talk to him max and i go way back max actually did a uh, pittsburgh steelers podcast for a website the sportsstuff.com the same website where i started doing my chiefs podcast a lot of you guys listening do remember the chief zone podcast that i did for god so many years um, and that opened up so many opportunities. And this guy also did a great job with his Steelers podcast. And he and I go way back, I think uh, 2007 when we started our podcast. I haven't talked to him in a long time. I figured, you know, this would be a good time to have him on the podcast. Max Shepman here with me on Farscast. Max, what's going on, man? And you, you said it's 2007. Is that when we started? That is when we started. Yeah, I had to think about that for a moment. But I do remember 07 was when uh, I started doing the Chiefs podcast. And I remember you were doing your Steelers podcast as well. There were a few other podcasts uh, that started on that website as well. But yeah, 07, man. That's how far back we go. More, It's been more like forget about the last decade. We're talking the decade before that. Man, yo, time flies when you're really having fun, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, at the same time, though, I feel like it was just yesterday when me and you were chatting on the message boards about like the right way to do the podcast thing, like getting oh yeah on Apple Podcast, uh, you know, me and you like trying to get on each other's shows to talk Chief Steelers and yeah. I think for me, it definitely was one of the best times of my life was uh, going through you know the, the Steelers podcast, you going through your Chiefs podcast, um, and you know. It was probably one of the best streams that I had was was to be able to, help, to do my own podcast with the team that I love that I follow very closely, and uh, man, I, I just still can't believe it's been it's been so long. Two thousand seven, man. Who yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Obviously, you got your Steelers helmet right there, right above that. You got the Super Bowl fifty four football, which I prefer that Super Bowl over you know a certain recent one, which we will uh, avoid very much on this podcast, but. <laughs> Didn't have my name, I, I'd, I'd ship it to you. Just to <laughs> uh, no, actually, you'll want to pick your brain about that because I know you were at the uh, Super Bowl the Chiefs won uh, last year. But going back to the podcasting that we did uh, with your Steelers podcast, so podcasting has changed in, incredibly since 2007. I remember when you know the word podcast was actually frowned upon. Um, I, I don't know how it was for. Steelers podcast, but my podcast was the only one. There was actually another Chiefs, but when I say the only one, I'm talking among Chiefs podcasts. There was another Chiefs podcast on there. And for those listening, you guys may remember Bob Gretz. Uh, he used to write for the Kansas City Chiefs website. He now writes for Chiefs Digest, which is where Matt Derrick uh, writes for. He comes on my podcast a lot. Really, really nice guy. But Bob Gretz did like a 60 second news update, but it wasn't really like a podcast show. It was just like a 60 second update. So my Chiefs podcast was the only one that was on there uh, on iTunes, uh, which was the only website, I think, where you could really find a podcast. And, uh, it, you know, Adam Schefter was not doing a podcast back then. Uh, Stephen A. Smith was not doing a podcast. You know what I mean? Like all these big time guys, they're doing podcasts and it's so easy for them to just pick up viewers like that because they're big time. Uh, whereas you and I, you know, we had to organically kind of collect our audience and, uh if you remember at the it's it's now called Apple, I guess, because they don't use the term iTunes anymore, but iTunes did have like a top 100 podcast chart. And I remember your podcast and my podcast was consi consistently on that top 100 chart. Now they do a top 200 chart because there are millions of podcasts now. 
And uh, like I said, the Adam Schefters of the world, the uh, Stephen A. Smiths, whoever, you know, it's so easy for them to dominate uh, the charts like that. So they have to expand that. But man, I mean, you and I really were part of that small group at the time that had podcasting. Now it's like there, there are hundreds of Chiefs podcasts. I, I'm sure there are hundreds of Steelers podcasts now. What is it like kind of looking back, knowing that, you know, you and I were kind of the OGs of team podcasts? Uh, just for the record, it's probably the only time I'll ever be called an OG, so I won't, <laughs> I won't take that title. Uh, but no, you're right, because I remember I remember when I first started my Steelers podcast, um, I remember a couple months before there was a, a pre previous Steelers podcast that I would listen to. Uh, I think it came out like once or twice a week. Um, oh, I remember who you were talking about. Yeah, his you... name is Fred. I forget his last name. Um, okay. so he kind of stepped away from that because he did some other, uh, I think he wanted to do some family stuff. And, um, so I was like, you know, you know, again, this is something I wanted to do. I've never, when I first started my podcast, I hadn't really heard of a podcast like you. I mean, this was kind of like, okay, what, what's a podcast? Like no, nobody really knows like what that is. Uh, I remember going to hopping on the high school bus and I mean, really the only podcast that I would listen to back in the day was, um, uh, they would put PTI, pardon the interruption, in like podcast form. Yep. Uh, that, you know, every morning going to high school, I would listen to, you know, the latest sports news from the day before. That way I would try to catch up. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, when we first started, it, especially uh, on, on the sports boards that we did, it was me, you, I believe there a kid, Logan. Uh, he had a yeah. football, football team podcast. Uh, <laughs> And Dylan, he kind of did like an all NFL podcast. So it was just kind of us four or five guys kind of like testing the waters to see what the podcast life is all about. Um, because again, yeah. again, you know, when people back in the day, they, you know, they had to watch it on TV. Nobody really got in the podcast world. And like you said, today there, there's podcasts on everything. Uh, yep. you know, has podcasts. You said Stephen A has podcasts. There's a general NBA, NFL, NHL podcast, whatever, music podcast, whatever you can think of. Um, a podcast that I just kind of recently stumbled upon is uh, there's a police department down here in Florida. It's called the Boynton Beach you know, Police Department. They actually hired an intern uh, to work with them, and they actually started a podcast. It's called Rosebud, and it dives into this whole case where this, this lady, unfortunately, uh, was murdered. Um, and, and it kind of goes into the story of her life, like, you know, her parents, her, just the entire, uh, story of her life. And it's, it's amazing because we just did the story. We did a follow-up story with her last week and the Boynton Beach police department ha have told us, you know, they are getting more and more tips in, uh, from listeners because it's reaching out to so many people because that's what podcasts do, especially with the explosion of them. They're reaching more and more people. And they're, they're again, they're, they're telling us they're getting more and more clues and, and tips from people who like, Oh yeah, I remember when that happened, like all that kind of stuff. And for me, just, again, you think about it when we first started, it was like, okay, like it's just me and you just, two guys talking football, whatever. And now the podcasts have gone so far where it could potentially lead to a cold case uh, murder that's being solved. So I think the yeah. explosion of podcasts has really just kind of amazed me on just where it started to where we're at today. Yeah, no, it is crazy. I mean, there is a podcast on everything, like any topic, just, just search any hobby like video games or uh, you know, you said music uh, movies um reality tv i mean it's all out there now like uh, and if you want to do a podcast now it's like hey cool but just keep in mind there are hundreds of other podcasts with the same exact category so it's so hard to even just build an audience now so you know i'm kind of fortunate where i haven't been able to keep a lot of my core audience from years past because it is pretty hard to to crack in man i was i was a guest on a chief's podcast uh last month where obviously you know we were talking about the super bowl and whatnot and uh, you know, they're, they're a new podcast and I saw their YouTube page, you know, they, they've got, you know, a few views and all, uh, but you got to keep in mind there are, and it's funny too, because the chiefs have been one of the more dominant teams in the NFL the past couple of years. There's been this sudden surge of chiefs podcasts. Like that's cool. Don't get me wrong, but you know, when, and if the time comes, when we start sucking again, it's like, are all these podcasts still going to be around? I, I don't know. That's all I'm going to say, but 
I think for you, again, as, especially you with starting, we, we were a small thing. Again, we were, we were trying to get new listeners and, and again, yeah. different many chiefs podcasts or Steelers podcasts. So like, you know, again, we have a fan base, we have fan bases that travel around the continent, the globe. So for us starting off small, it was easier for us to, to gather in that, that audience. And for you, for you, being able to do it for so long, great, you know, they know you, they know Farzine, you know, he did the Chiefs podcast. So the only guy to go to and the guy that's been doing it the longest. So again, it's easier for you and for me back in the day to keep that audience because listeners knew what we would bring and, you know, what we would give on the podcast. So I think like, again, it's starting small to where it's gone. I think, it, I think it helped us out a lot. You know, what's funny is, um, uh, I have come across a couple of people like in public uh, over the years who, uh, you know, they recognize me and they say, Oh, I love your podcast. It's not like, it's not like it happens often. I'd say maybe a couple of times every other year, once, twice a year, whatever. Um, I need an autograph from you, man. Yeah, sure. Um, but it's funny because people would say, uh, Hey, Farzan, I love the podcast. Uh, I'm like, thanks. But I kind of want to call you out on your bullshit right now because I do pronounce my name at the beginning of every podcast. I don't know. Maybe people skip through that shit. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I did get some of those comments. Uh, I don't know if people are messing with me or what. I'll, I'll just go with the liner on that one. That makes you feel better. There's uh, There's been plenty of times where I've been like shooting a story and people are like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, they talk to my reporter or whatever. Or uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we see you in the mornings. And we're like, no, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think people just try to say hi and, you know, try to, oh yeah, I know what we're talking about, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh it's actually a common occurrence and happens. Yeah. Well, look, I, I mean, you and I, we started the podcasting thing. I think we were both in high school at the time uh, when we started out and that, you know, helped us kind of open doors for all the opportunities. It certainly has for me, for you, I know you've been doing a lot of media, um, you know, and, and I'm not, I'm talking in the professional realm. I know you've left podcasting a long time ago, but uh, talk about what you have done, because I know you've done some some sports radio, and you're also I, I in in the title I've, I've introduced you as a photographer for the uh, local uh, CBS station in your area. Uh, what have you been doing after your podcast? Uh, so after my podcasting, uh, you know, graduated high school, uh, did the Connecticut School broadcasting, uh, so that was fun, uh, and then that got me an internship at the local ESPN uh, radio station down here in West Palm Beach. Uh, you know, interned with them for a little bit. Luckily, I was able to get hired there. Uh, was a radio producer, um, you know, ran, ran their local radio shows there. And then uh, they actually moved me to television. They were kind of shorthanded uh, on the TV side. And they said, hey, you know, what would you like to, would you like to try TV? And I was like, I mean, I've never done it before. Like, I've never held a camera. I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. But, you know, if, if this is an opportunity to, to do something different and maybe create a new way for me, absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, ever since then, man, I just haven't put a, a camera down. Um, and talking about, like, events that I've covered, I mean, I there's really too many to name. I mean, I've, I've covered PJ Tour events. I've covered the Super Bowl. I've covered – uh, you know, local athletes that grew up in the area, uh, you know, doing their charity things. Um, I've done the local college football team, FAU here. I've done the Miami Hurricanes, the Dolphins, um, spring training. You know, obviously, we have a couple of spring training sites down here with the Mets, Marlins, Cardinals, now with the Astros and Nationals. Um, so pretty much like everything that you can really kind of think of from the sports world. Uh, I've been lucky enough to do, and um, I've met a lot of good friends along the way, not only in the media uh, world, but also, you know, professional athletes that I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to call very close friends. And um, yeah, it's pretty much anything that you can name, man. I, I've, I've kind of done it. I, I don't know if you still do this, but I think you did like this little tradition where, where, you know, any celebrity you came across, you take a picture with them on Snapchat and you would have them autograph it on Snapchat. I remember you did that with Albert Wilson when he was with the Chiefs. Now he's with the Dolphins. I think he's a free agent now where I'm not exactly sure what his uh, current situation is, but I saw you do that for a while. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, you mentioned the Super Bowl. Oh, go ahead. I, you were going to say something. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't do that tradition anymore. Uh, okay. I've kind of kind of grown up and uh, I've kind of lost my starstruckness with these guys. So it's pretty much like anytime I see him, I'm like, Oh, Hey Albert or Hey Pierre. We're like, what's up? Like, no, but damn. Well, yeah. Shoot, uh, we'll shoot, 
shoot some talk with them. And, uh, you know, it's funny because um, at Super Bowl Media Day, or uh, not Media Day, at Radio Row, we were doing a Radio Row story last year. Um, and, you know, we we're just kind of trying to find like an athlete to interview and just kind of follow them around just to see what Radio Row experience is like for them. And uh, I, I will tell if, if nobody has, you know, been part of Radio Row or seen like the behind the scenes is, it's really a fast moving pace event because, you know, these guys, you know, come sit down, they get like a five, maybe 10 minute uh, window to chat it up with, you know, a certain radio station. And then next thing, you know, boom, on to the next one. Uh, and we followed Justin Tuck uh, for about four or five radio stations. And uh, my man got a workout from, from running, you know, from table to table to table back in the day. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, we were trying to find like an interview just to hang out with somebody and uh, Brandon Flowers, uh, as you, you yeah. well, uh, bumped into him, you know, just randomly. He's like, hey, Max, what's going on? I'm like, hey, Brandon, what's going on? And my reporter who was with me, he just like his jaw dropped on the floor. He's like, how do you know all these guys? I was like, well, I've covered them in high school and and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 been pretty fun, man. Yeah, it, it, you you talked about, you know, picking up a camera and learning. I, I know some people listening might not know some of the terminology, but stuff like, you know, a white shot or a white balance, you know, those are kind of things you kind of have to uh, adjust. To. I was just kind of thinking about that. Uh, I have not picked up a, a video camera. I mean, I do have a video camera, but for professional use, like like in media, I have not done that kind of thing in a long time. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll hand it to you because I, I did not know that you had never had an experience with a camera before. And for them to kind of move you like that, um, you know, obviously, you, you know, they needed someone and they felt like, you know, you'd be able to do it. And I, I've seen you do so many things. Uh, I, 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 let's start with the Super Bowl. Well, actually, let's get to the Super Bowl later. But I, I did uh, see you a couple of years ago when there were all these hurricanes that were happening uh, in the south. Uh, Hurricane Harvey, I think, was the biggest one. I know you guys in Florida got hit pretty hard. You know, everybody is running for their lives in situations like that. But you are part of the media. You can't really do that. You kind of have to be there and capture these moments. Can you kind of walk us through? Because I have a little bit of an understanding because I, I haven't done a whole lot of news. It's always been on the sports side. But can you kind of take us through like while everyone is running for their life, you're not. You have to be there working. What is that like? Uh, for me personally, I think, you know, obviously anytime a, a hurricane comes for South Florida, I think it's it's probably one of the one, one of the scariest things because you don't know what to expect. Sure, like you can understand like, you know, this is how the winds are going to be, you know, when it's approaching and when it hits. Um, but just because you know that, you don't know, you don't really know, you know, what damage it could produce. I mean, a category yeah. one could, you know, maybe take down a couple of trees, damage a couple of roofs, you know, you just never know. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially, you know, you see all the people trying to get gas and especially for like major hurricanes, you know, they're booking it up north or trying to something like that. But yeah, I mean, for us, it, it's really you're, you're just being thrown out there. Um, you know, you're, you're stuck in the elements, you know, obviously the, the main thing is to be safe. Obviously we, nothing, you know, you don't want anything bad be happening to you. So obviously you want to be aware, aware of your surroundings, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think the, even just the last tropical storm I, or hurricane, I believe it was that, you know, that just grazed the coast. Uh, you know, we're, we're at the beach, you know, we're at the beach where it's the most windy rain, um, and, you know, it's, it's really – the best way to put it is we are like Jim Cantore. Um, you know, we're just out there. So anytime, you know, a hurricane comes, you're just out there. Right? You know, we work 12-hour shifts. Uh, usually it's typically, you know, you have two different shifts. You have 2 a.m. to 2 p.m. and then 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. Uh, you know, that just differs on, like, you know, what, what shift they put you on. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's really just go, go, go. You know, you probably give about – updates every 15 to 30 minutes uh just what's it like in the area you know how much rain uh, i will say i have uh i have rip to a couple cameras because you know they got a little wet <laughs> uh, but you know it, it kind of comes with the territory and and really your job is to as, as a news person especially during that time is to keep the public informed um no, no matter what the situation is because you know people are People are curious. I mean, some people are afraid to go outside to see what it looks like. So, it, you know, it's our job to, to keep the public informed on, on what the conditions are, uh, what, what local officials are saying from, you know, the uh, emergency operation centers, how they're approaching uh, things. If power lines go down, you know, what FPNL is, is planning on doing and what their next move is, uh, if they need to close some roads so that way you can 
uh, take a detour to, to get to a different place, flooding. Uh, there's a place uh, in Hope Sound, it's called Hope Heights. And uh, even just like one of the, you know, a moderate rainstorm, uh, they, they probably get four or five inches of flooding uh, just because it's a low lying area. So, you know, you have people with, with hurricanes, you know, they, they lose their houses because they're, they're in such a low area um, uh, where the water just builds up. Uh, yeah. Especially to keep those people informed of, hey, how much rain are we going to get? That way, you know, people know if they need to put sandbags, if they need to evacuate. Um, so really, it's just keeping the public informed. It's keeping safe. Um, and to be honest, though, I, I will say it's probably one of the, the more fun things that I enjoy. I enjoy like being out in the wind, being in the rain, uh, the elements. Um, but yeah, I mean, one, it's, it's, all, it's all hands on deck, you know, once the, uh, the storms come. What do you edit on? Are you guys using Final Cut or, or what do you guys have there? Uh, so at our station, we have Avid. Okay, uh, I've heard of it. Yeah, so, um, you know, a lot of the big-time movie studios use it. Um, they have really cool, uh, not only graphics, but, uh, you know, designs that you can play with. Um, I also have Final Cut Pro because at my uh, previous station, that's what we used. Um, so, yeah, we, we use a, I, I use a combination of both. Yeah, and, and I mean, look, I, I've, I've done Adobe Pro, Final Cut, I've heard about the most um, and the way these all kind of work is, and look, there are some in the past. I just don't remember, uh, especially for the station I was interning uh, for those who live in Kansas city, Metro sports. It's now it, it changed to time Warner cable sports. And now it's spectrum sports. I, I don't know if they've changed or not. I don't have spectrum. So I, I never get that channel, but um, I remember uh, I can't remember what they had, but I remember their keyboard was color coded to match kind of like, you know, the uh the editing tools and everything which is kind of convenient um kind of helps you you know the uh, the space bar you know the the play and the pause button you know the jkl you know rewind fast forward whatever you know th that kind of thing uh and again we're, we're kind of going into terminology that people listening don't really know what we're talking about but you get the idea there uh i always think that's kind of fascinating once you learn one editing program it's pretty easy to pick up on another would you say that yeah, I would say so. I mean, I, you know, obviously, you know, between Avid, uh, Adobe, Final Cut, you know, they all have their little tricks and tricks on yeah, and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, once you figure out one, you, you kind of grasp, uh, it's easier to grasp the other. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, you got, you got that Super Bowl 54 football right there. Uh, what was that day? Or, or, no, first of all, let me, because my geography with Florida is not very good. How far are you from Miami? Just out of curiosity. Uh, my house is about 35 to 45 minutes uh, north of Miami. So depending on traffic, obviously. So not too bad. No, no. Okay. So what was that week like for you? Because, yeah, you know, as a Chiefs fan, you know, a, a lot of Chiefs fans did not realize that whole media night thing. And obviously that, that didn't happen this year uh, because of the pandemic, but a lot of Chiefs fans did not know media night was a thing where they introduce all the players like it's the Olympics or something, and they all have those show-out gears and whatnot, and they do interviews on the stage, and then every single media outlet in the world is there to talk to you as well, especially a lot of those like comedians. They'll send like someone funny to, to do their thing. Um, what was that whole week like for you? How much of it did you get to cover? Um, so I, I was pretty much uh, there from Monday until game day. Um, Sunday, unfortunately, I wasn't able to cover the actual game. They had a, cause we were doing a, a stuff for a corporate, uh, station. So we, we are owned by Sinclair. So we have stations across the, I've heard of Sinclair. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately did not actually cover the game night. So that was a little disappointing, but, uh, everything else I covered, man. And, um, it was my, is the first Super Bowl I had ever covered. It was, it was definitely a thrill. Um, you know, I, I think just going from the fan experience to, you know, going to South Beach, just seeing, because, you know, they had the uh, the fan experience at, at the convention center. But meanwhile, out, out uh, at South Beach, they had other stuff going on. They had, uh, you know, they had Fox Sports out there. They had the ESPN tents out there. That's where they would broadcast from uh, is South Beach. And, you know, you saw everybody. You saw Skip. You saw Adam Schefter. You saw uh, Steve. Everybody that you could think of. Yeah, uh, out there on South Beach. So that was cool. Uh, I think definitely probably one of the greatest moments was was definitely the fan experience in Radio Row. 
Um, because at the fan experience, you know, they have everything there. You know, you can do, you can do 40 yard dashes. You can do whatever. I think, uh, I, I, I can't remember if it was last year or not, but I believe Usain Bolt like did a 40 yard dash, uh, at one of these things. Um, so, you know, the fans get an actual firsthand experience of, you know, what, what some of these drills are like, uh, you get to see, uh, there's autograph sessions, obviously. You get to see every Super Bowl ring ever made uh, and a huge display for people to see. Uh, there's these crystallized helmets that are worth $20,000. I've seen those before. Yeah, so they have that. Um, and I, I think, again, from a media perspective, Radio Row was really cool just because you got to see every every radio talk show host. You get to see all the athletes and uh, and you brought up media day is, uh, and that actually kind of surprised me. You know, a lot of fans, you know, kind of don't really know, know what media day is all about. Yeah. And obviously, you know, media day didn't really happen this year because of COVID. Uh, but yeah, if, if you're ever part of media day, it's probably one of the biggest, it's, it's, it's busy. Every yeah. media that every media outlet that you can think of is out there. Newspapers, TV, local TV, national TV. You have TV markets from the teams that are playing in the Super Bowl. You have TV markets that are just there to cover the Super Bowl for their uh, perspective, uh, selective stations. Um, you know, that's interesting because I, I wanted to add something to that because, like I said, every media – like the TMZs of the world, they are there. Like people who don't cover sports are there. And, you know – the the beat writer for the Kansas City Star or you know uh the San Francisco Gate like they are there because they need quotes and they need to hurry up because they're within a deadline you know all about deadlines I, I know all about deadlines and meanwhile you've got you know some nervous, nervous things ever is a yeah very um you know I I remember a few years ago there was a, a columnist from the Kansas City Star it wasn't the Chiefs uh 49er Super Bowl week it was I don't know what which one it was but there were two Houston Texans cheerleaders. Uh, one of them was holding the camera. The other one was holding a mic. And, you know, because she's a cheerleader and she's prettier than everyone, she just cut in and just interrupted every single person's question. Because, look, let's be honest, the players are always going to pay attention to the cheerleaders instead of the actual reporters. Um, I remember uh, Byron Pringle, who's a uh, who, he was a wide receiver, or he still is a wide receiver, uh, but he's like low on the depth chart. Uh, Chiefs fans are hoping he can get more snaps. But I remember last year, uh, someone from Dancing uh, with the Stars walked up to him and was like, "Hey, let's dance." It's like that's part of media media week or media night, whatever. It's like that's really what media day is all about. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you brought it up. Like you know, people are there to get quotes. Uh, you know, do their jobs or whatever, but really like it's, it's, it's just, I don't want to call it a circus. Cause I feel like that puts it in a bad light, but it's all, anything's possible out there. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's like for the longest time, it was just, Hey, the Super Bowl Sunday, that's it. Now it's like Super Bowl week. It's right. a spectacle now. Absolutely. And, and obviously the week leading up to the game is crazy. Uh, yeah. But you know, even down in Miami, like it was, probably even two weeks before, you know, people were getting riled up about it, you know, having parties down on South beach, you know, again, you know, they're building all the stages. So people feel the excitement of, Hey, the Super Bowl is going to be here. This is going to be wild. Let's have a party. Obviously, you know, Miami, such a, such a great town and, and it's obviously a party city. Uh, but yeah, dude, media day, media, if you ever have a chance to be part of media day or, or you get to watch it closely from, from TV, uh, it, it's definitely something that, uh, you should check out because again, anything goes at, at media day. You, you remember, uh, Alex Reamer, uh, he was also on our podcasting website. So the, the, uh, the Super Bowl where the Patriots lost to the, uh, the Eagles, hmm. uh, I think that was in Minnesota. And I remember like, okay, look, you and I know Alex, not like at a personal level, but we've like had interactions with him. And that was the week where he attacked Tom Brady's daughter. And so it's like, I'm listening to local radio and they're talking about him. And I switch over to the other sports talk station in Kansas City and they're talking about him. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck the, fuck the sports stations. I'm going to tune into local news radio in Kansas City and they're talking about him. So I'm like, ESPN's like everyone in Radio Row is attacking this guy. So I got to admit, I kind of got some uh, satisfaction out of that just watching that because... You know the guy. You know what, what a pompous idiot he is. Oh, my 
gosh. Uh, we have had plenty of conversations about you know what's funny? He uh, he emailed me once. You mentioned Logan, the guy who did the Washington uh, podcast. Uh, Alex emailed me once using his brother's email, and I don't know why I knew this, but I I knew I I recognized the screen name, and I I just knew that was because he has a brother named Jake who's a Yankees fan. So he emailed me uh, using an email called DJ Yankees Jake at AOL.com. AOL, by the way, and uh, he goes, "Hey, I, I love your podcast." Um, I got a college in Kansas City. I don't really like the other podcast hosts, uh, the, the the Steelers guy and the and the Redskins guy. I don't like those guys. And I just respond. I go, thanks, Alex Reamer's brother. And I sent it, and I didn't, I didn't hear back. So it's like, dude, if you're going – the number one rule, if you have a burner account, don't get caught. And the second rule is see rule number one if you're going to use a burner account, that kind of thing. Somebody should have took uh, took tick tips from uh you know kevin durant because you know my man's uh you know to have a burner account but has yet to be caught by it so uh if, if anybody needs tips on burner accounts just uh you know read into kevin durant he does it pretty well uh where were we uh oh yeah super bowl media week um so were you actually you were there at radio row the whole week okay i have a question are you a ufc fan by the way okay so you know who kamara usman and george masvidal are were you there when they fought? Or I guess they didn't really fight, but... Uh, I don't believe so. I think that happened after we had already wrapped up our day. Oh, okay. Because... Uh, the next day, uh, I, I heard from a good uh, couple media friends of mine down there. It, uh, it, it was wild. Yeah, uh, so uh, for those who are UFC, those guys are bitter rivals. Uh, they had a fight in July, which was boring as hell, but I guess they're going to fight again soon. Uh, it's not really... Certain what's going to happen there. Uh, Usman had a great title defense recently. Uh, I'm sure you saw that against Gilbert Burns. But uh, yeah, so I guess what ha- what happened was uh, Jeff Schwartz, who's a former chief, now he's in the media. He filmed the whole thing and he doesn't know who the who they are because he's not a UFC fan. And he goes, I don't know who they are, but apparently they're two very important people. And as a as a UFC fan and as a Chiefs fan, you know, trying to pay attention to all the Super Bowl coverage, I'm kind of enamored by this. Like seeing these two guys go out, and I, I just wish I was there to, to, to have captured that moment. But yeah, man, you're right about the whole media week. For like, forget the game. Like, yeah, the game's big with the commercials and the halftime show. But now it's like this whole week is such a big thing. So that's pretty cool. You got to cover that. Um, I mean, I'm not in media anymore. But but if the ad ever, if that opportunity ever comes, man, I'd love to uh, definitely at least just be there. Um, you know, we mentioned the Minnesota one. I think they were at Mall of America, if I'm not mistaken, for their media uh, radio row. Yeah, because yeah, I've been there before. I don't know where they would set that up, but I'm sure uh, it was a pretty. I mean, look, it's it's the NFL. They'll always have a good oh, setup. They, oh, they all they always figure something. So. Uh, shortly after that, unfortunately, we've always joked here in Kansas City, like if the Chiefs ever win a Super Bowl, the world will just go to hell. And unfortunately, that did happen. Um, so I, I kind of want to ask you, uh, and I've t- talked to this with a lot of my guests, um, talking about their industry and how this pandemic has impacted what they do. Uh, you did a really uh, fascinating story. You you captured some uh, some footage of the Florida Panthers. By the way, Steve Goldie, I was a guest on his radio show years ago with his uh, co-host, Jeff DeForest. I don't know if you know. Yeah, I was a guest on his show years ago. Um, Goldie was not on there, but uh, I digress. Uh, Goldie is a Panthers play, play-by-play broadcaster, and you did a story on NHL broadcasters and how they are still broadcasting their games but they're not physically there for the road games. They are at, at, at their home stadium or arena rather. And they've got the pexiglass, all that stuff. And they're actually watching the monitor, the same screen, you know, we're watching at home. Um, talk about that story. Cause that's kind of a unique story. And I think people really deserve to know what these broadcasters go through in terms of prep. And on top of that, they don't, they're not able to broadcast the game the same way. No. And you, you put it perfectly. The, the exact, screen that you and I would watch and, and the things that you would see on the screen is the exact same thing that they're looking at. Um, and, and I think, and I think I, 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 you know, obviously COVID-19 has impacted a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think just I, what I appreciate is them, them being able to do their jobs and do it well and act like, you know, I don't, 
a normal sense of watching a hockey game being called while they are sitting at the BB&T Center. They're, they're literally sitting in front of an empty rink. No button. There's no fans in the stands because, again, it's, it's a road game. So it's literally just uh, Steve Goldstein, Randy Moeller in their Fox Sports booth with two monitors. Goldie has two monitors. He has, uh, he has you know, obviously his Fox Sports broadcast one and the feed of the road team. Uh, in front of him, uh, you know, for them, the, the prep is kind of the same. Obviously, they're not able to attend morning skate. So they kind of, uh, you know, they ha- they they also have a bubble system. So they have a, a person that travels with the team. So, you know, if something noticeable or notable happens, you know, they report back to, uh, you know, the guys at Fox Sports. Um, but yeah, really, the only difference is, you know, they, 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 they can't really get the feel of the game away. Uh, you know, obviously, they have producers and directors, you know, talking their ear more. Yeah, um, in the trucks they can they have the different views the different ISOs from from the road team, uh, so you know they're able to communicate to to Goldie and, and Randy Bowler about like hey you know there's a penalty going to be called uh, you, you might not be able to see it but you know it's two minutes for hooking on on this guy yeah so there's definitely a lot more communication between the truck and the guys calling the game um, you know I, we talked to Randy Bowler and he said you know the first couple games were were difficult just because you know you're not used to having to call a fast action paced game like hockey, just from, from one TV monitor screen and one feed uh, alone. Uh, you know, he said that was probably one of the most difficult things is just trying to adjust to h- how this is all working and, and being able to watch them. What was it like 12, 13 games in, I think we did uh, the story with them and just how, how smooth and flawless they were uh, to be able to be professional and, and call the game. Like they were in Tampa. Uh, was pretty outstanding. And, uh, you know, Goldie said it himself, you know, he, it, it kind of brings him back to days where he would take a tape recorder and, yeah. and put up the TV himself. Uh, and I think he, that brought a little bit of appreciation back for him. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely a cool experience to see how those guys prepare uh, during COVID. Again, there, there's, from my, from watching, looking over the glass where they're able to look down at the boards, they see the players and just see an empty sheet of ice hands there, and and again, just being able to 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 give the detail that they can just yeah. from one away feed uh, was pretty outstanding. And I think you know a lot of the broadcasters are doing that this year because of COVID. You know they don't yeah. want to. Uh, you know I was watching the Penguins Capitals game last night on uh, NBCSN and uh, Kenny Albert and Pierre, Pierre McGuire were. They weren't even in the same state. They were in their Connecticut studio calling the game. So, yeah. and, and again, if they wouldn't have mentioned it, you wouldn't have known. Um, so I, I applaud the broadcasters and, and the media types being able to do their jobs as professionally as they can. And as they do during a time where, again, if, if they wouldn't have mentioned it, you I would probably say about 90% of the people w- would have no idea that you know, Goldie and Randy Muller are calling games from the BB&T Center. Meanwhile, the game is being played three hours away in, in Tampa Bay. Yeah, th- that is crazy. And-, and I think in your story that you did, Goldie kind of touched on this. It's like, okay, sure, you you see the action on the on the on the field or in the rink on the court, or whatever. Um, you know, obviously a basketball court and a hockey rink are, are much smaller, but you know, in, in a uh, baseball setting or a football setting where the field is much bigger the 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 setting is much bigger play-by-play announcers have to pay attention to a lot of different things uh i remember when i did play-by-play and i wasn't really good at it but there were other things you you had to pay very close to especially on radio and as goldie said you don't say every single thing you see um i remember when i was announcing ku basketball games i would you know obviously call the action and you know during a, a foul or whatever you know i'd look to the uh, bench and I'd look at Bill Self and see if he's talking to anyone and you know you don't always bring that up but it maybe something significant happens Goldie kind of said the same something similar where maybe he's talking to a player and if that player makes a big play later he might refer back to that so yeah you don't have that ability because you're not there in person it's it's so difficult to do and as you said you know you wouldn't know that if we if they didn't say anything but um it, it has impacted them in a way. So it definitely makes you appreciate what they do, especially during a time like this when we need that entertainment, um, especially with everything that happened in the world in 2020 and we're still dealing with this pandemic. Um, 
it is pretty crazy. I did want to ask you, cause you're in Florida and I know that state has been talked about a lot. Um, when it comes to this pandemic, uh, how are things in Florida? Are they as bad as they make it sound to be? I know the governor is taking a lot of heat and he's kind of, uh, sparred with the media out there. Um, how do you feel things are going in Florida from your perspective? I mean, I, I, I think for me personally, I, I, I think, it's, it's tough because obviously, you know, when, when you talk about a pandemic and the way that is kind of ravaged, you know, the country and, and, the, and the state of Florida, you know, any one, one death is too many uh, for this. Um, and I think for, for me personally, I, I think for me, it's just like, hey, everybody just needs to try to be as safe as possible. Um, obviously, you, you know, you have people that have, you know, disagree with some things. We'll be honest, you know, just disagree. And, you know, they don't, you know, they, I, I just think for me, for me personally, I think it's, 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 it's about just being safe. Uh, I know at, at our, at our digs and, you know, we, we take every precaution. Um, you know, we used to have morning meetings, uh, at the TV station, um, you know, we, we, we all gather in a small conference room. Uh, yeah. So, you know, our, our morning meetings, you know, we, we do off Zoom. Um, there are times where our reporters will not go in the car with us, uh, you know, just as a, as a safety kind of thing. So, you know, we'll meet with our reporters, you know, we'll do our story. Obviously, you know, we're, we social distance, six feet apart, mask on at all times. Um, so I, I just think for, for everybody, especially in the city, I mean, obviously, you know, I, as a governor, it's a tough job, right? It's a, yeah. especially going through a time like this as, as something we've never had to go through before. So there's no playbook. There's no playbook. And, and as you, as you see in the media, you know, every, every governor is different. Every governor is handling it, you know, their own way uh, that they think is best. And, you know, I think with DeSantis, you know, he wants to keep the economy open. Um, but again, I think it, it's, it's all about keeping people safe. And, and that's the most important thing that I feel that that is happening. Yeah. And, you know, luckily, you know, things are starting to shift towards the positive for us. Um, there are still deaths and cases, unfortunately, but it has been going down recently. So I was just talking to my dad about that earlier today. We, I mean, we're starting to see a shift here. So hopefully we get there, man, because I, I'm a pretty patient person. Look, I can I can handle not going out but it is starting to get to me kind of, I think everyone is really, um, you know, you mentioned this, you know, just try to, no one gets hurt from, you know, being cautious or safe. I think it's funny just how, you know, the infectious disease expert who has dedicated his whole life to this, you know, he says one thing and then, you know, some doctor in, you know, Denver, Colorado writes an article for a publication and says the complete, Oh, this doctor said this, I'm going to go with this doctor. It's like, I don't know how this whole thing got political, but it did. Um, I think one thing that has, has, uh, that I've been pushing uh, to is, uh, you know, I've been kind of on the vaccine thing. Uh, yeah. um, that's kind of been our, our beat here. Um, is, is, and I think just seeing the development and how science works and how, how doctors and scientists come together. And to be honest, I never would have thought that, you know, they would have, you know, come up with a vaccine as quick as they did. And I think covering it from day one to, okay, like, you know, we're going to throw this together. We're going to see what happens to where we're at today. People getting back the vaccination in their arms. Um, I think that has been a really cool process to be a part of, to see. Uh, I know my reporter, I'll give her some shout out, Stephanie. She's actually taking, uh, she's actually being um, in a vaccine trial herself. Um, so she's, she's taking part of that just to, you know, so we can show people, Hey, this is what it's about. This is, you know, what goes through. Um, yeah. This is, you know, the end result. And obviously people, uh, you know, especially here in Florida, you know, we're, we're concerned about our, our senior citizens about, you know, getting them protected first. Um, and, and I think just being part of that process has been really cool to be a part of. What was the criticism like for, I mean, again, from your perspective, cause you're in Florida, I know they had the parade for the, for the Buccaneers, unfortunately, uh, cause the other team just laid a goddamn egg, but, um, 
uh, a lot of people were criticizing how they did because the Lakers, the Dodgers, the Lightning, um, they did not do their parades for their championships. Whereas the Buccaneers, um, and look, I mean, Tom Brady's there, so it's a, it's a huge deal, I guess. But uh, people gathered and they had a very unique parade of their own. Um, what was your thought process with that? And what did you think of the of the criticism and some of the praise that the state got for allowing that to happen? Well, and again, I think I think it all just depends on on a person's view, right? Um, you know, maybe some person down in Florida is absolutely okay with it. You know, I, absolutely, they're it's a parade. They're on boats, so you know there is some sort of social distance uh, going on there. Um, and, and again, I, you know, some other person can say they shouldn't have been a parade at all. Um, I, I just think like there's there's it it's all on people's different perspective. You know, I, I, myself, I was personally okay with it. Um, you know, I, I don't, again, I only saw the aerial views of, of them on the boats. Uh, so I didn't personally see, you know, the, the crowds that were gathered out there. Yeah, that's where I was going. I think the biggest criticism was, I mean, look, a lot of those players, they were with their families and usually people trust their families and whatnot. Uh, I think the biggest criticism was the crowds on the side that were looking over the river or wherever they were doing this whole thing. Cause that's where people were gathering. I think that's where the criticism was the most. Yeah. And I, and, and again, I think for, for all of us, you know, if you're, if you're practice social distancing, you got your mask on. I, I don't, I don't personally see a problem with it. And again, it's all about being safe. Like, you know, we're not, we're not trying to, we're not trying to add more to this yeah. pandemic. That's the exact last thing that we want to do is add more to this pandemic. And as you brought it up, you know, we are slowly trending towards the positive side of things. Um, but for me personally, you know, again, I didn't personally see the pictures out there, but you know, for me personally, if it was, you know, if you were practicing social distancing and wearing a mask then you know, I'm, I'm all for it. I did want to rewind and ask you about, um, you know, protocol with the station because, and look, I'm not one of those people that pays too much attention to local 10 o'clock news for you guys. It's 11 o'clock, correct? Yeah. Okay. So that's something I did not know for the longest time, by the way. Um, but, uh, you know, I was watching the local 10 o'clock news for a couple of Kansas city stations and the local CBS affiliate was, it was actually interesting. So, you know, usually generally you have two anchors and, and news stations try to make it a male anchor and a female anchor. The male anchor was, doing it from his own living room. He just had, you know, the background on and just had the station's logo on his, on his TV in the background. Um, the female anchor was at, at, in the studio by herself. I'm guessing the only other person in there was probably a cameraman. And then they had the uh, meteorologist. I guess they hooked up a TV to the back of his truck. And th th that was kind of, I, I, you get the idea. Like everyone's in different places. They're not in, I mean, way further than six feet apart. They're probably in different cities at this point. How did you guys handle, uh, you know, live broadcasts uh, when at, at the thick of this whole thing? Yeah, no, I mean, during the height of it, I mean, uh, there, you know, we were not allowed at the station. If you were not a, a manager, if you were not, at times, if you were not a producer, uh, you could not be at the station. So really, it was just the the two anchors, and and, and you brought it up. You know, I think it's uh, it's kind of a comfort thing too uh, for some people. Some people feel safer at home. Uh, I know some stations have the capabilities of being able to uh, you know broadcast from home. We have a, a, a setup on our cell phones where we can set up like a a live shot for us as well. Uh, I know for the longest time, our, our morning uh, weather meteorologist, uh, you know, did the weather from her home. They set up, they set up a whole green screen in her living room, and she would just, you know, do the the morning weather right right from her living room. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, for the longest time, especially now that Florida is kind of opening up, you know, we we are kind of getting towards back that that sense of normalcy. Um, so you know, we are slowly starting to get back into the station. Uh, but during during the thick of it, really, it was if, if you were not an anchor and, and sometimes even now the producers produce from home because uh, they want to keep very little people in the same building as possible. But as you mentioned, you know, for the anchors, if you see both of them at home, uh, you know, our, our set is big enough where they are clearly six feet apart. Uh, you know, our one anchor will stand at this desk. The other anchor will stand at that desk. And, and the, if the weather guy's there as well. 
his set is in a completely kind of different area where everybody's social distance that way, you know, nobody uh, can run into any trouble with that. But yeah, again, now that we're starting to kind of open up more of us are, are kind of getting back to the station. Um, I, I, I believe our work from home is extended at least until the end of March, I believe the last time I checked. Okay. So I don't know what the latest update is that. I don't know if they're going to extend that or, or if the end of March is where we're all going to get back together or whatever. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was very sparse. You only at the station if you were an essential part to be there. I had a uh, Ryan McKinnell on my podcast a couple of weeks ago. The last time I did a podcast, he is a, uh, he does sports talk radio uh, in Las Vegas. Um, unfortunately uh, his, uh, so he does multiple uh, sports talk radio shows. Uh, he works with Sirius XM. He does, you know, pro wrestling and um, MMA talk. And then he also did local sports radio in Las Vegas. Unfortunately, he got let go from his Las Vegas uh, gig because of the pandemic which unfortunately you've been hearing a lot of those stories um, the last 10, 11 months. But, you know, he, he and I, we were talking about how they're doing radio shows now. Uh, a lot of radio show hosts, especially nationally, um, you know, it, like, like you and I, we're in two different states right now. Um, if we were doing an actual radio show, you'd be doing it from a studio in Florida. I'd be doing it from a studio in Kansas City. And we go on about doing the show. Now what they do is, what you and I are doing right now, you know, we get on Zoom. The producer is also on Zoom, but the producer is kind of hooking everything up from the computer to the uh, to the audio board. The uh, the the um, God, there's a specific name for that. Uh, um, the, the control room, basically. Uh, yeah. They're 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 producing it in that way. Uh, like radio shows are being done in that way. Now, obviously, you know, they're not going to sway away from radio studios but i was listening to joe rogan's podcast because there are a lot of businesses out, out there i mean they're all working from home and they're still getting work done and i guess the the, the point he was trying to get at is you know all these office buildings that people are renting what what's the use because they, they can be pretty pricey especially when you think about electricity and water and whatnot a lot of businesses are gonna start doing work from home uh even when things get back to normal because Man, uh, I guess we learned a lot about ourselves, what we can do work-wise during this pandemic. Well, you bring it up and uh, not only for, you know, businesses, but for, for us media people is things have changed so much, uh, you know, after a game, pre-game, uh, you know, during a pra after practice, you know, you just waltz in the locker room, go talk to whoever you need to talk to and no big deal. Um and a lot of these is, you know, if you if you're doing a sport, it's Zoom only. Yep. Um, so from a me sports media standpoint, is 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 that going to be the way going forward? Uh, is are are they going to let people back into locker rooms, however long? I, I've heard players are going to try to to push for that to to keep it digital only. Right, and yeah, you know, I think it's one of those things where it it it, it really makes it difficult as a as a sports reporter because as you know um a lot of these guys a lot of you know national writers and 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 media people they get their sources and they build their relationship with players yeah uh, firsthand to you know maybe they get a scoop or you know if you know you could just text somebody and say hey you know what's what's the deal on this uh so i think a, a lot does affect them and I think going forward is how, how they're going to move forward. Um, because with us, you know, as a news station, you know, when you go out to go do a news interview, you know, expect to go meet the person in, uh, in person uh, to do your interview and that's it. And uh, again, you know, Florida has slowly kind of opened up. So we're kind of getting back to that. Uh, but for the longest time, it, it was Zoom only interviews. And I think for a news person <clears throat> trying to tell a story, uh, about a person or a business or, or something like that and not being able to get that like one-on-one -on -one interaction and, uh, you know, get the feel. It's like the play-by-play. -play. You don't really get the feel, the emotion yeah. of that one-on-one -on -one interaction. And again, that's one of my biggest question is, you know, even, even if when the pandemic is gone, how much normalcy are we going to get? 
again, not only from sports people, because are we going to be allowed in locker rooms? Are we going to be just strictly zoom only? Because, you know, um, uh, example that I had, you know, I covered the dolphins, you know, at the, at the practice facility. Uh, so really you go down, you shoot the first 20 minutes of practice, you know, really, which is them stretching and yeah. uh, nothing too exciting. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah. So like on, on a normal day before the pandemic, you'd be at the training facility from, I don't know, eight until 4 PM. Um, Cause you know, you, you wait practice, uh, you know, you interview the head coach first, you shoot your practice and then you're kind of waiting until practice is over. Then you go in the locker rooms, uh, do whatever story that you're doing. Then you go back to the media room to put your story together and that's it. Yeah. This past year, you know, you would go down to the Dolphins facility, you'd shoot the first 20 minutes of practice, and then that's it. You go home because you can get the Zoom, uh, you can the sound from the players that you want from Zoom. So it's, you don't have to stay there anymore. Um, so, so that again, that's one of my questions is how much normal is it going to be once, once this pandemic is up? I don't know what other teams did, but the Chiefs, they, I think at times, would only pick one or two people. So it would be, you know, the beat writer from the Kansas City Star and whoever is covering from ESPN's NFL Nation, they would let them show up. And this was a huge deal when Patrick Mahomes uh, was going through that concussion protocol. It's like, okay, you know, Adam Teicher, who writes for ESPN covering the Chiefs, it's like everyone is right now on his Twitter timeline because they know he's the only person that right now uh, has access. And it's, you know, and I use the word loosely, but his competitors are going to be using him as, as the source. So he does kind of benefit from this, but certainly not ideal. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is, you know, yeah. You know, I remember before the season during training camp, uh, which was a very interesting one. It was certainly different this year. Uh, I think they did allow some media, but obviously the interviews, they would do it on zoom. So it's funny because I was watching some of the uh, press conferences after training camp practices you could actually see reporters in their car. You could tell they just watched practice and now they go, you know, back to the parking lot and do you, you do your whole zoom interview, whatever. Um, again, not the most ideal way to do things. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm interested to see what happens moving forward because uh, this has changed a lot. I don't know if you saw any of the Super Bowl press conferences from this year, but you know, I'm watching Andy Reid's press conference and I don't know, it looked like they had this weird backdrop that was green screened. It uh-huh. looked like it looked like a weird firework. I, I I don't know. I mean, let's at least get a little creative with these moving forward because it could be it could be permanent. So I don't know. Maybe I was just too pissed off after that game. But well, um, well and uh, you know, I, and and some people approach it differently. You know, yeah, uh, like you know, some some teams use like a green screen. Uh, kind of animated digital background. I know for Steelers press conferences, uh, you know, they kind of would put them in like, uh, like the old media room where they had the, the Steelers backdrop. So they had that as the background. Yeah. I think, I don't know if you saw this, but speaking of the backgrounds, did you see where uh, it was the zoom and it was the judge and like the, the lawyer guy and he had the filter as the cat. Oh yeah. I did see that. Yeah. That was probably one of the greatest moments I have ever witnessed. And if we can occasionally get something like that to happen, I, I'm all for digital backgrounds. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I, guess it, I guess it depends how it comes to life. I mean, technology like this, like Zoom's actually really cool. I wish I knew about this sooner because, you know, like I'm recording us right now and also using it to broadcast live on my Facebook page. But once you stop the recording, you get a video file and an audio file. Now it's not MP3, so I have to do some convert conversions there. But, I mean, it's so convenient the way it works. I actually wish I did interviews uh, on my Chiefs podcast like this. Uh would have been a lot easier. Um, I actually had a couple of co-hosts on the last season I did the Chiefs podcast, which was the – it ended with the Super Bowl win, thankfully. But uh, my co-host and I, we would call each other, you know, on our phones, and then we'd all uh, have audacity. You know what audacity is. That's the – Baby. Uh, you know, we'd all hit record and we'd all count down at the same time, five, four, three, two, one. And so it was my responsibility to line them up. Whereas now Zoom just records all of that and you don't need to do any of that bullshit countdown, whatever. Before, uh, before the pandemic, be honest, because did, did you even know what the hell Zoom was? I had heard of it, but I did not know the capabilities Zoom had. Uh, guy, right? What's that? Are you a Skype guy? 
Oh, uh, I was a Skype guy. <laughs> it was not very easy to use. Uh, I actually, there's actually an app on the iPhone called Call Recorder. So I would actually call, um, I would call guests and just record it, and boom, there you go. Uh, unfortunately, when you have, you know, when you have me and then two other co-hosts, it does not let you add a fourth person. So I was actually, we had uh, Joe Valerio who, who played for the Chiefs. He now does a podcast. I was actually calling him on our phone and I would put the phone up to the microphone because it wouldn't let me record all four of us at the same time. So yeah, Zoom, I'm sure Zoom stock went way up uh, starting last March. It's like the GameStop of uh, before GameStop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the GameStop, exactly. Oh man. Uh, so uh, what are, what are your goals with this? Cause I know, you know, uh, and me personally, like I enjoyed sports media. It's just not really what I expected. I wasn't willing to put in the time and the effort with all of that. Um, I had fun when I was in it for sure. I did. Um, I, I was, I was with a local sports station in Kansas city and it was really cool just hearing from, uh, you know, teachers and classmates from college and high school, uh, reach out to me saying, Hey, I just heard you on the radio. I'm like, Hey, Long time no talk. So that was a, a really cool experience and all, um, especially when they read my work in the Kansas City Star. Like that was an even cooler because um, the Kansas City Star is a big publication that goes out, you know, everywhere uh, across the metro area. But, uh, you know, I just kind of swayed away from that. Um, now doing my own thing, running a, a business, uh, which I enjoy a lot more. And I, I love media. But again, the pay is so low. And I'm sure you know a lot about that. Um, it really does take a lot to want to grind it out in a business like this. Uh, what are you wanting to do in, in the industry? Are you, are, are you happy where you are? Are you looking to move up? Uh, what do you want to do in this industry? I mean, I, I love, I love where I'm at now. Um, you know, cause I, especially like, you know, being a photographer, you're, you are really given the freedom to be as, as creative as you want. Yeah. Uh, so if, if that's one thing that I, I appreciate, it's definitely being able to be creative. Um, I think one day, whenever the time is right i think i i'd love to get back into you know sports full time uh luckily uh you know our parent company just bought the fox sports regional networks um so I, you know i again i think once the time is right and the pandemic is kind of kind of fallen over and and kind of come and gone i think uh i think eventually like one day i want to get back into sports full time um uh, i do think that is my ultimate goal because i love so sports if there's one thing that I, and, and you know this as well, if there's one thing I definitely have a passion for, it's uh, it's definitely doing sports 24-7. And, and, and I don't doubt that you love what you're doing, but it's just, man, sometimes you do have to cover, you know, deaths and murders and these kinds of things, and those are not fun at all. And don't get me wrong, unfortunately, you know, those things happen uh, with sports as well. Uh, just recently, Marty Schottenheimer passed away, and, you know, you do a story on that, which is not the most fun thing to do. Uh, the Jovan Belcher incident uh, a few years ago. Uh, I mean, that's not something a sports reporter ever um, is ready to cover, that kind of thing. Uh, but more times than not, it is uh, 99% fun and positive, even when they're losing, because it is sports. It's what we love. That's why we get into that kind of industry. So, yeah, man, uh, I'm sure, you know, you'll do a lot of great things. And uh, you've, you've done so much uh, in both uh, TV and radio. I'm sure, uh, uh, you know, everyone in uh, West Palm Beach, uh you know, they're familiar with you. Maybe they don't know who you are, but they're familiar with your work in some sort of fashion, which is always really cool. Uh, and it was really cool kind of going behind the scenes with you. Uh, that's kind of what we do on this podcast, kind of learn about what people do and kind of go behind the scenes and uh, get, kind of get uh, an understanding of what they do. Um, so I'm sure a lot of people, if they did it before, certainly they have an, an, an appreciation for photographers and what they do. Uh, hey, man, uh, we got to do this again. Uh, it's been a while since we last talked. Let's not uh, wait so long anymore. Uh Hopefully, uh, you know, when football season kicks up, we can uh, chat it up again. Talk some NFL. Uh, until then, man, uh, thank you so much for coming on. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. And uh, we'll keep in touch for sure. Yeah, man, I appreciate, uh, you know, obviously the opportunity. Like you said, it's been a while. It's, uh, let's uh, not have it so far in between. We uh, we chatted up. Uh, so I was I was very happy when I got a text message. That <laughs> I was like, all right, yeah, absolutely. Uh Hold on, before you go, that football behind you, that fifty Super Bowl fifty four football. What what do I have to give you for that? There you go. In all its glory. How? Hold on, is that is that autograph or is that just like a, a normal football? 
No, this is uh, so what was cool about Media Day is they they actually had the guys from Wilson um, down there and they were making footballs. Um, so this is the exact uh, game ball uh, from the Super Bowl. So nice. Yeah, so we did a we did a story on on uh, like you behind the scenes of how the the football is made, and it's I believe it's a five or six step process, um, you know, and it just starts it just starts as like a flat piece piece of leather, uh, you know, and then they 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 put it all together, and you get this miraculous piece of art, and here you go, you know, just here you go. I don't know if you can read it. National Football League, Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Yep, it has the date, all the good stuff. And, and uh, so they're off, I, I believe they're going for like 160 bucks or something like that, but you know, they were offering media discounts. Uh, so it was only like 80 bucks. And I was like, well, it's the first time covering the Super Bowl. I got to get some kind of souvenir out of it. Right. So uh, why, why not go the basic route and uh, get your name engraved on it? Oh man, that is awesome. Uh, yeah. This is, uh, this is definitely one of my, one of my prized possessions that uh, <laughs> I definitely am, am proud to keep. And uh you know, it'd be cool to tell the kids one day. I got an official game ball from the NFL, and yeah, it's not deflated either. It's 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 the, the right size. Not, yeah, let's. Oh, no, it's still it's still uh still sturdy. So it's got its uh, hair. No deflation of the ball here, so we're good. I, I don't think Tom Brady's been around it. No, no, no. That's awesome. That's that's pretty. I, I was plotting on how I could steal that from you, but I guess if it's got your name, I, I, I can't really do much about that. But. Unless you legally change your name to Max Shetman. Yeah, yeah, unless, unless I do that. Sure, sure. That's possible. And, and What's that? There are options. Yeah, there, there, there are many options. Certainly everything is a possibility. Uh, in all seriousness, man, uh, hey, congratulations on everything you've done. Uh, we'll keep in touch, and uh, until then, stay safe. Take care of yourself. All right, that's Max Shepman uh, over there with CBS 12 in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. Appreciate you guys joining me for this episode of Farscast. If you like what you hear, share the links, let your friends know about the podcast. And until then, stay safe. I'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Take care.